What's going on, College Hoops Heads? This is another episode of the One and Done Podcast with Stephen Bagall and John Simpson. I am here. My name is Stephen Bagall. I am here again with John Simpson. It is the Sunday, November 5th, which means college basketball is on tomorrow. By the time you're listening to this, it will probably be college basketball opening day. So, John, ex- exciting time for sure. Um, we're going to get into it, but the opening week slate is a little week, I would say, in terms of, like, marquee games. But, you know, we have Maui coming up in the next few weeks. We have a whole bunch of big tournaments where we'll get a lot of marquee games and matchups. So, I suppose let's start with this. First of all, John, how are you doing today? I'm good, man. Uh, It's a nice Sunday. I'm so excited. It seems like college basketball was never going to come, and here it is. Uh, I'm ready to get get into it, man, and talk about some some games coming up. So, because this is the last preseason episode we're doing, we're basically going to break it down like this. We did a bracketology. We're not going to go through every single team we have and what seed they are. We're not going to do it like that. But we'll, we'll talk about each multi-bid conference, how many teams we have in each of those conferences, how close teams were in terms of – you know, last four in, first four out, next four out. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about a final four picks, preseason All-American picks. We're going to talk about how many teams can win the national championship. And we're going to talk a little bit about some future bets, some bets we like for this week, and just some games we're looking for, looking forward to for opening week. So, John, let's start with the bracketology. I'm going to quickly run down each conference and how many bids they had, and then we'll talk about you know how Al's compare for this upcoming year. So last year in March Madness, the SEC and Big Ten each had eight teams in. The Big 12 had seven. The Big East and ACC had five. The Pac-12 and Mountain West had four, and the American had two. So in no particular order, actually let's start with the order that they had the most seeds in last year. So the Big Ten had eight last year. How many Big Ten teams do you have in the tournament this year? So I'm going with less than eight in the in the Big Ten this year. Um, okay. I think thinking, I – Go ahead. I was going to say I actually have seven, and my seventh is Ohio State, who I have as – and I know you and I have kind of both grown fondly of Ohio State the last few weeks, especially after watching the scrimmage with Dayton. But – I have Ohio State as a a last last four-in team, so they would be my seventh. I don't have any Big Ten teams in my last four out and my next four out. So I I think it would be under eight pretty safely for me, at least. Yeah, I'm with you on that. Um, I have a hard time finding that eighth team, I think. uh, And there's some – you know, if you look at the bottom – of that conference or maybe the bottom of the guys that we're looking at or the teams that we're looking at as being able to come into the B tournament tournament teams. I think there's a lot of questions. There's a lot of up in the air type stuff. And uh, I'm just not really confident. However, I am pretty confident in uh, that Ohio state team that you're talking about. Well, let's just run down. I won't spend too much time on every team, but we, ha- we have Purdue, Michigan state, Wisconsin, Illinois, Maryland, Indiana would be six. If we both agree on Ohio State, that's seven. And I know you just said, I don't know where that eighth team would come from. That eighth team would probably have to be either Northwestern or Rutgers, 
Maybe somehow Michigan gets in. Iowa's always competitive, but yeah, those would be the teams we're looking at. So even at the very best, I would say push, there's no way the Big Ten's going to get nine teams in, which it's tough for any conference to get nine teams in, especially the Big Ten this year. But yeah, I think if there was a line, which I'm sure there is somewhere, of how many teams the Big Ten gets in tournaments, and it was seven and a half, I think I would pretty comfortably hit that um, under seven and a half number. Now let's move on to the SEC. SEC also had eight last year. How many teams in the SEC would you say are going to make it, or what do you think of that number? Do you think they're going to replicate that? I think eight is the number. So do I. And I think if anything, it goes over. Yeah, because – so and then – so I'm thinking like Tennessee's in, Arkansas's in, Kentucky's in, A&M's in, Alabama's in. Uh, Missouri's in, Florida's in, um, and then I think Mississippi State is probably in, but you know I think they might have some trouble early on in the season. Um, and then Ole Miss, I think, is going to make it in. So yeah. um, I think eight is kind of it's kind of going to be the number for the SEC. So you said I think you just named nine that you think would get in just for <laughs> for just for those counting at home. Um, you said Missouri's in. I had Missouri and Auburn. I had them have eight, the SEC. I had Missouri and Auburn as the first four out, two of the four teams as first four out. Nothing against Missouri and Auburn. I just think it's so hard for a conference to get nine or even ten teams in. And after I just I put my top eight in, and then I was like, okay, Missouri is kind of the odd team out. Because, like, is the SEC going to get a ninth or is the Pac-12 going to get a fourth? Like, just doing the math, I figure the Pac-12 is going to get four better than the SEC gets nine. Yeah, I think you're right about that. Um, but, you know, like you said, when you're talking about Missouri, Auburn, Ole Miss, those teams, I mean, I think one of those teams is going to make it into the tournament. Yeah, you're probably right. And again, maybe Ole Miss isn't as good as we think they are, but, you know, we had West Flanagan on because how much we love them. Maybe Florida isn't as good as we think. Mississippi stayed with Tolu Smith out until January. Maybe one of those teams were projecting to get in. I doubt all eight get in, and probably uh, Missouri and Auburn does. But just obviously, these are why these are preseason projections. Um, Big 12 had seven last year. What do you think of that number? That's a tough number, too, because I think the Big 12 might be better this year than they were last year. Um, You know, looking at that conference, too, um, you know, I think we've got, you know, Kansas is in, Baylor's in, Houston's in, Texas in, TCU is in, um, Kansas State is in, I think. Um, You know, that's six right there. And then you're looking at – there's some teams that I like in that conference. Um, uh, Iowa State might be a tough one to keep out. Cincinnati, I think, is going to be good this year. We've talked about Cincinnati some, you know – and then even towards the bottom of that conference, man, Oklahoma, you know, and, and who knows what happens with West Virginia, you know, even though they've been having a lot of stuff going on. So I think seven is probably the mark in that conference. Uh, what do you think? So I have exactly seven. Um, so I think you're, again, pretty spot on with seven being the number. We I agree with the six that you said, Kansas State being the six out of them. Um even with Nate Quintomlin being suspended potentially for the year, I still think Kansas State finds a way to get in. I put Texas Tech in my last four in, 
And I put Iowa State on the next four out. Just because even though I'm lower on both of those teams, they both always find a way to make the tournament just about. I mean, um, Iowa State was two in, what, 26, three years ago? And then TJ Otzelberger got them in no issue the next year. Um, Texas Tech, now his Grand McCaslin, I think they're going to find a way to get in. So even though there's only six definites, if you gave me the over-under seven and say can't be a push, I would probably still go over just because of the faith they have in those other two teams. You talked about Cincinnati. I know um, Jameel Reynolds transferred from Temple and Aziz Bandigo, who I believe was at Utah Valley. Both of those guys had the waivers denied. They did both appeal, but we haven't heard anything on it yet. So I'm under the assumption they're not going to be playing this year. So that that's why it might be a little tough. BYU is bringing a lot back, but they finished, what, six in the West Coast last year? Like It's so tough to go from six in the West Coast to a tournament team in the Big 12. Like, that is a huge feat to overcome. Now, let's, let's move on to ACC. Number last year was five. I think that's going to be the number again. Yeah. You know, uh, I think that you're kind of right about that. Um, it's going to be tough. It's... Because for one, you know, we're talking about these teams in the in the Big Twelve and uh, in the Big Ten and that SEC, and I'm trying to think about who might be able to. I mean, Duke, Carolina, Miami are the three. I mean, are there any other locks in the conference other than those three? I would say Virginia gets in. Virginia, yeah. And the conference South really should get a lot of. They should have a good conference record. And I like Clemson a lot. I'm not saying they're a lock, but that would be my five. I do have Virginia Tech and Wake Forest in my next four out, so maybe they find a way to get a six. But let me ask you, if you're on the committee, would you rather put in a team who's, let's say, eight and ten in the Big 12 or 11 and seven in the ACC? Obviously, that comes down to quad one and quad two wins and losses, but I think just – Based off that question, on the blind resume, I'd rather take the Big Twelve, the eight and twelve team, or eight and ten, excuse me. Yeah, I mean, I think five is a pretty good number. Six tops, you know, depending on how things shake out in this conference. Um, Maybe Syracuse sneaks in somehow. Syracuse is a team that I like. Uh, yeah. Wake Forest is a team that I like. Mm-hmm. Um, they have uh, potential. Um, other than that, yeah. So I would love to see it. Um, I think, you know, maybe ACC might have been uh, a little undervalued last year. Um, I think they performed pretty well in the tournament. But, um, yeah, so, you know, five or six. And then, you know, like we're talking about, it gets down to the numbers, right? Like only so many teams can make the tournament after uh, conference bids and stuff like that. So I think it's less of an indictment of the ACC maybe – and more of the fact that, like we said, the Big 12 is going to be really deep. Um, the Big, you know, we're going to probably talk about the Big East. You know, I think they'll get more teams in this year. So, uh, yeah. So, the one theme I noticed with my bracketology, and even with yours now that we're talking about, is that we haven't really definitively gone over on any conference based on what they had last year so far i mean sec we said eight's probably the number big 10 we said seven's probably the number they had eight last year 
Big 12, we said seven is probably number again. ACC, we said five is probably number again. The one conference, aside from the A-10, I do think the A-10 will be a multi-bid league again this year. Obviously, last year they were only a one-bid league. Aside from the A-10 getting two or three teams in this year, I would say the one conference that's a lock to have more than they had last year would be the Big East. Big East had five last year. Obviously, we know they have the great trio at the top of Marquette, UConn, and Creighton. But I think they get six. I have Marquette, UConn, Creighton. I have Villanova. I have Providence. I think Providence is nearly a lock to get in. And I think St. John's gets in. So that's six right there. And I have Xavier as a first four-out team as potentially a seventh team. So I think if there's any team that gets uh, definitively more teams than they did in last year's tournaments, it would be the Big East. Yeah, I agree with you on that completely. Um, like you said, UConn, lock, Marquette, lock, Creighton, lock, Villanova's a lock. Um, and then, you know, you got Providence. I think it's going to be in there. And St. John's. Yeah, I think St. John's can easily do it. And Xavier, too. You know, it's hard for me to ever count out Xavier just because of the, what they've been able to do in the past, even though I know they're dealing with some injuries. Um, <clears throat> and I'll tell you, too. I mean, looking at this conference, that top four of the Big East in the tournament, I would put up against pretty much any other top four. I think from any other conference, that's deep. I mean, that's a that's a that's a tough cast of teams, you know. Which is wild, given how good the SEC. I mean, SEC and Big Twelve, SEC especially, really has the depth of every other conference. Like, I think the tenth or eleventh best team in the SEC might be the fifth best team in the Big East. But I think I agree with you in terms of the top four. It really is up there with almost anybody else. Um, Pac-12, last year they had four. I think they get four again. If anything, I'd probably go under. I don't know if they get four this year. They might only get three. I think they have a better shot of getting three than getting five. Obviously, there's um, USC, Arizona. I think those are the only two locks. I think Colorado gets in, and I have UCLA in. I do have Oregon in my first four outs. And we did talk about how much I like Washington this year to potentially be a sneaky team. Maybe Washington leapfrogs Oregon and they're on the bubble in like the first four out range. But overall, I do think the Pac-12 gets four, but I would lean towards them getting three over them getting five. See, I'm on the other end. I think they get five. I think Arizona, USC, UCLA, and Colorado are in. And then uh, I think between Oregon, maybe Utah, and Arizona State, I think it could be a fifth team or Washington. Yeah. Um, okay. I think you know. Uh, I I know I'm higher on UCLA than you are this year, but I think UCLA is going to have a good team, especially well, towards the end of the year. A day Mara just got his eligibility, so you assume Burke Butunsel also will. Obviously, for their sake, I hope he does. For his sake, I hope he does. Of course. Um. A day model was interesting because his pro team was giving pushback to the NCAA to making him eligible. And the NCAA has no consistency. They wrote, oh, yeah, he should be eligible, even though his pro team is asking them not to make him eligible. But um, I would really like Cal if Jalen Tyson was able to get his waiver. I think it's a bit ridiculous he didn't get his waiver given he – Sorry, did you read that, um, that waiver or no? The Jalen Tyson one? Yes. So for those of you at home, Jalen Tyson basically alleged racial discrimination under Texas Tech last year, and the NCAA basically denied his waiver to transfer 
because it took him a month to enter the portal. They said, oh, if it was so bad, the racial discrimination was so bad at Texas Tech, then you would have entered the portal the second you were eligible to and not wait a month. But Jalen Tyson made a promise to the AD that will let the process for the head coach play itself out before he made a firm decision. And, you know, he let the process play out. He still wanted to transfer. And for that reason, the NCAA denied him. I think it's a bit ridiculous, but I am excited for what Mark Madsen is building in Cal. And unfortunately, you know, Jalen Tyson isn't going to be eligible. But if he were, I think they would have a pretty good shot at getting in in the um, big dance, too. Um, The American. I think this is going to be a push. They had two last year. I think FAU and Memphis both get in, but I think they will. The only way they get a third team in is if a team, if like UAB or Tulane makes a run and wins the conference tournament. In my opinion, that's the only way they get a third team in. Yeah. You know, I think, I think that's a, I think that's kind of where I'm at with that too. Um, I like Memphis this year and FAU. Um, it, I think for me, the hard thing about this conference, like you said, is um, the only way they could maybe get a, a three bid is if somebody were to come through and win the tournament. Um, I think that FAU and Memphis. I, I think it'll still be hard for one of them for Memphis to get an at-large bid, maybe. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I think two has to be about it. West Coast Conference, same thing. I don't think we need to cover much. I think Gonzaga, same areas are both locks. Same thing as American, unless one of those two, or unless both of them lose a conference tournament, or like a Santa Clara or San Fran wins the conference, that's the only way they're going to get a third. Um, Mountain West, though, I'm intrigued because the last two years have been a four-big league. Obviously, San Diego State made the run to the national championship last year after the Mountain West, basically, other than that, going 0-7 in March Madness the last two years. So the Mountain West did get four last year. This year, I do have them getting three with San Diego State, Boise State, and New Mexico. I know you're really high on Nevada. I have Nevada as my first four out. So I I think it's conceivable they could get four again. But, like, I would rather see an extra SEC team or Big 12 team in. Given the Mountain West lack of success in the tournaments, I would rather, you know, I don't really want to see them get four again, even though Nevada may be deserving. But, yeah, I have those three in Nevada my first four outs. What do you think? I know you said Nevada could win the um, win the conference, basically, outright. So what do you think? Do they get three? Do they get four? Um, I still think they get three. Uh, you know, it doesn't look good, I think, when you get four teams in and then you don't have very much success. Um, you know, other than – you know, what San Diego State has been. But I think San Diego State is almost like – kind of like how Gonzaga has been in the West Coast Conference where it's almost like they're at a different standard to the rest of these teams in this conference. Um, I think, you know, they have a – it's easier for San Diego State to make it in if they don't win. Like, you know, they can easily collect a at-large bid. Um, and they're probably just a different caliber of team, if we're being honest. I think that, um, you know – I know you really like New Mexico. I like New Mexico too. Um, Boise State, I think, is kind of the one that I think they have to have a really good season uh, to make it in as an at-large team. Um, and I think Nevada is probably comparable in that way. So I still think maybe we're right at three, but uh, I'm not sure which three it'll be. I'm trying to think about what it would take to get four teams. 
I mean, obviously some big uh, out-of-conference wins. Um, and then it would probably take somebody besides San Diego State winning the conference conference tournament. Uh, um, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm happy sitting at three. I would rather go four than go two, though. You agree with that? Absolutely. They're definitely, uh, you know, if the, if the line was at three and you can't have a push, then I would go four. Now, let me ask you. I had to save for later on in the episode when we talk about future bets. Nevada in Vegas currently on sportsbooks is 15 to 1 odds to win the Mountain West. And I know when we talked about our uh, our mid-major episode, you said you thought Nevada could flat out win the conference outright. So 15 to 1 odds are huge. I think I put maybe $10 on a $10 to win 160. I'm as I'm speaking pulling up the conference odds for the big for the Mountain West. So it's San Diego plus 145, they're the big favorite. New Mexico's plus 400, Boise's plus 430. UNLV and Colorado State, we didn't even talk about Colorado State as potentially getting that large bid. They're plus 1,000 each. Then Nevada is plus 1,500, which is massive. Yeah, that's nice, man. Uh, I think it seems a little low. Maybe they know something I don't. I don't know. But to me, it seems a little bit uh, favorable for the uh, general like myself and you. Because um, I think that – I mean, look at that backcourt, you know? And the experience on that team and the coach on that team. I don't know, man. That's something I kind of like. I, so let's shift towards our final four picks. Let's start with yours. We talked about basically our bracketology for the most part, how many teams we have in each conference. I talked about my first four out, last four out, based off as we went through the power conferences. So let's talk about final four picks. Which teams do you have in the final four? Which teams do you have in the championship? And which team do you have winning it all? All right. So my final four is Duke, TCU, Kansas, and Creighton. Okay. And uh, I have uh, Duke Creighton fi- uh, championship with the Duke as the overall champion. So we only have one team that's the same. In our final four, I have Kansas, just like you do. Then I have Tennessee, I have Purdue, and I have Texas A&M. No Duke. I I, I do think Duke should be the preseason number one team right now, but that doesn't mean they're going to win it all by any means. We know how much madness goes. It's a crapshoot. I have Tennessee over Purdue in the national championship. I adore this Tennessee Volunteers team. They are so deep. Their biggest issue, we talked about this in the um, SEC preview, is that they couldn't score the ball last year. They were great defensively, but they just didn't have the offense. But Darden Connect has led them in scoring every game of their um, foreign tour. He led them in every exhibition charity game in scoring. I think he's the X factor this team needs. Obviously, um, Zakai Ziegler will be back. They have Freddie DeLeon. They have uh, Santiago Viscovi. They have Josiah Jordan-James. They have Joseph Jonas Adai or Adu. They have so many guys that are so deep. And I think Purdue, similar, tries to make a Virginia-type 
run in terms of, okay, they lost to a 16 seed, then bounce back the next year in a huge way. So I, that's who I think. A&M, I think they have the backcourt in terms of Tyrese Radford and Wade Taylor. Kansas, I think, is, again, the number two team in the country right now. So, yeah, I, I do think Purdue, Tennessee, and Kansas are three of the top five teams in the country. And, unfortunately, for Duke and Marquette, who are the other two teams I have in my top five, they're just the two that miss out, and I put Texas A&M in. So you said you have Kansas – oh, no, you said you Kansas, Duke, Creighton, and TCU. Why do you have TCU in there? I just love this TCU team. Um, I think it's a team that's built for March Madness. Um, they've got the experience. They've got – you know, they did well in the portal. I think they can do a little bit of everything. Um, I like the backcourt of uh, at TCU. I think uh, Jameer Nelson Jr. is going to be a guy that we're really talking about a lot here uh, once the season starts. He's done excellent um, in exhibitions and uh, preseason stuff. Um, I really like Ernest Uday Jr. I think he's going to have a big year this year. Um, Jamie Dixon is a great coach. I think they were a team last year that, you know, we're going through some things going into the tournament, but I think, you know, there's somebody I really liked last year going to the tournament. I think it's a better team this year. Um, Emmanuel Miller, Chuck Abandon Jr. You know, I think I think that this is a, a – they're just a team that, you know, and, I'm, and I was being kind of uh, cute maybe, you know, trying to not go too chalky going into the tournament. Me and you have talked a lot um, about, you know, some of the teams that we like, and I think a team that we both really liked going into the season, we thought could even be a Final Four – uh, uh, team was Kansas State, um, you know, and I've said, told you a couple times, you know, on the side that I think TCU might be the team that we want Kansas State to be this year. Um, so uh, they're my fourth. It's interesting, you know, two Big Twelve teams in the finals. So uh, and uh, no SEC, but um, and then the other one I really like. You know, that I have in there is Creighton. I think Creighton's going to have a really good year this year. I really love this Creighton team. I love everything they're bringing back. Um, they've been so close. I think this is their year to make it to the Final Four. Um, but that being said, you know, I think I like your picks too. I really love Tennessee. Um, I love Coach Barnes. That's a deep team. I think they check off a lot of boxes. Um, they're another team that I feel like keeps on being right there. Uh and I think it's interesting that you have Purdue going to Final Four. Purdue is a team that I was thinking about, too. I think, you know, Lightning definitely doesn't strike three times, right? <laughs> well, technically for them, it already has. In terms of if you see the Spakey's <laughs> loss, the Fairleigh Dickinson loss, and the North Texas loss the last three tournaments. Yeah, I guess so. It doesn't strike four times if it strikes three. Four times, four times, yeah, so – but especially in the past two years, I think they're expected to, you know, win the national championship, you know, or had a good chance to. And so we'll see what they can do this year. Um, I almost wonder if it might help, you know, I don't know. They're, they're a team that I thought about putting in my final four. Um, but, uh, you know, you can only pick four teams, right? So, so let's um, shift towards the next topic, which we were going to talk about how many teams we have that can win the national championship. Let's just start rattling them off. I'm doing this based on my bracketology. So the one seeds I have are Purdue, Kansas, Duke, and Marquette. We agree all four of those teams could win the tournament. Yeah, obviously. Okay. 
two seeds, Tennessee, Arizona, Houston, Michigan State. We agree all those teams could potentially have everything come together and win the national championship. Yeah, they could. I don't like Arizona that much, but I have them as a sixth overall seed in the tournament, so obviously I think they could. Um, UConn, Creighton, Texas, Texas A&M. I don't know about Texas because I don't love Rodney Terry, but I'll, I'll give it to them and say I think all four of those teams could. Yeah, for sure. Okay. Now this was also interesting. We have 12 teams right now. Gonzaga, Arkansas, Miami, FAU. I would say yes to Gonzaga and Arkansas and say no to Miami and Florida Atlantic. I would say maybe to Miami. But are you going to say yes to the other two and no to FAU? Yeah, I'm going to say no to FAU. I'm going to say – I'm going to say – I don't know. I think Miami could do it. Okay. So right now you're at 15. I'm at 14. I'm just keeping a rough count. My five seeds, San Diego State, St. Mary's, Baylor, Villanova. Very interesting group of teams. Because if things break right for like a Villanova or a Baylor or any of these four teams, actually, even St. Mary's or San Diego State, they could be as high as what, a two or three seed in tournaments? So I I would say – I would say no to San Diego State, even though they made the natty last year. And probably uh, St. Mary's, I probably feel about how you feel about Miami, but I will say yes to Baylor and Villanova. So I'll say yes to three of them and no to San Diego State. I'm saying yes to Baylor and Villanova. Okay, so we're both at 17 now. Six seeds, Kentucky, USC, Alabama, UNC. I think I want to say no to all four. I'm really – it's tough to not put Kentucky in there because they're Kentucky. I just – I don't like them this year. I do not like them. I think the SEC is too good. I think it's going to impact their seeding. I think they're too young. I don't think they have the experience. I'm saying yes to Alabama. Okay. So you're at 18. I'm at 17. And this just shows the depth of college basketball this year, really. Um, seven seeds. This world gets interesting. Kansas State and TCU, who we both just talked about. Illinois and Wisconsin. I'm going to say yes to Wisconsin and yes to Kansas State. I might say yes to the other two. <laughs> Illinois and TCU. I think okay. Illinois could be one of the best teams in the country if, they, if things break right for them. I think there's just so much talent on that team. So, okay. So you're saying yes to... TCU in Illinois and no to Wisconsin, Kansas State. Yes. Okay. Eight seeds. Now, obviously, this these are projected eight seeds. Obviously, these teams, if things break right, could be much better. Memphis is an interesting one because they, they have a lot of guys, but no continuity in terms of last year's team. It's a whole bunch of good elite transfers, but have never played together. So you have Memphis, Colorado, UCLA, Boise State. I'm saying no to all four. And this might be where, you know, we start drawing a line in the sand. Yeah, I think if I was going to pick anybody out of this group, I would pick UCLA. Um, I don't know. The uh, only team I'm, I'm going to say no. I'm going to. I'm going to not keep reading because now we'll add nine seeds. The one team I will say I do think has a shot is Mississippi State. If Tolu Smith comes back in the beginning of conference play and they finish – 13 and 5 in the conference and get a 
four or five seed in March Madness, I think Mississippi State could very well win the national championship. I'm saying things obviously would have to break right for them, but I could see them making an FAU or San Diego State type run next year. All right, and I'll say this too, kind of looking down through here. Um, I think Ohio State is a team that could mm-hmm. make a run to the to the Final Four. I think Florida is a team that could make a run to the Final Four. I like Florida. And all you got to do is get there to win it, right? So, yeah, once you're in the Final Four, you got to win two games. Um, okay, so I'll pass on Ohio State. I'll agree with Florida. So that puts you at 22 and me at 21. For teams that we could see an avenue for them to win the national championship, essentially. There's a lot of teams. So, okay, want to move on to preseason All-Americans? I just did a first and second team. Did you do all three or just the first two? I just did first and second team. I okay, can, so we can get, probably give some honorable mentions. Uh... Okay, so let's start with yours. Who's your first team for All-Americans? Let me pull it up here. Mine's pretty chalky, man. Uh, I went Edie, Dickinson, Filipowski, Kolick, and Taylor the fourth. You said Edie, Dickinson, Filipowski, Kolick, and Taylor. Wait, Taylor the fourth. Yep. I have the same, except instead of Hunter Dickinson, I put Donovan Klingon. Yeah, that's fair. And. I did put Dickinson on my second team. So my second team, we have four of the five guys the same for the first team. For my second team, I have Hunter Dickinson, Armado Baycott, Tyrese Proctor, Dayron Holmes, and Tyler Perry. Yeah, we're pretty close there. I got, well, we got some of the, you got two of the same ones on that one. I put uh, Donovan Klingon, uh, Kalkbrenner, Justin Moore, Tyrese Proctor, and then Ray J. Dennis. Okay. And Dennis, if we did do a third team, I would have had Dennis on there. He would have been my honorable mentions. Him and um, Jameel Young from Maryland, maybe Boo Booey, depending on the year Northwestern has. I really like those guys as guards. Um, Carl yeah, Brenner, I would have had on my third team. I like Tyson Walker a lot. He was a guy I wanted to put on there. Um. That I didn't, like you said, Jameer Young. Um, there's a lot. Max Asmus is a guy that I had on there and took off to put Ray J. Dennis on. Um, Brandon yeah, Carlson from Utah, if Utah makes a run to the tournament. Oh, uh, that's another good one. Um, I think maybe Infale Dante from Oregon, if they have a good year. Um, who else was there? I was thinking about what I noticed is that we don't have any freshmen on our all American. We didn't even mention a freshman for an all American, which I, I mean, you don't see all American freshmen that often, but we, we haven't even talked about one as honorable mention. I don't know. Maybe I would say Isaiah Collier would be the one if I had to pick one to be an honorable mention on my all Americans. That's what I was saying. If I had to pick, I mean, I think you know. I Isaiah think Collier, is, I think, is the most chance of having that type of impact on a team this year. Yeah, Maybe Stefan Castle. Ooh, Stefan Castle is the one I like. My issue is um, I think Boogie Ellis is going to take a lot away from Isaiah Collier. So that's my – what about Jacoby Walter? I could totally see an avenue where Jacoby Walter's Baylor's best player makes an All-American, like, third team. I could say it. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. And then a day Mara, I think, is uh, – 
is another one maybe that we could look at. Yeah, that's true. And, and a Dumbona probably, given he's going to be a – I know we're on the topic of freshmen, but okay. So I'm looking at some future bets for the NCAA this year, college basketball obviously, which is what we're here to talk about. So these are some of the conference futures I took. I'm looking at the Big West. U.S. UC Santa Barbara is Fourth, I guess, technically tied for third in odds to win the Big West. I think they're by far the top three mid-major team in the country. Like, am I going crazy that they're plus 380 just to win the Big West behind UC Irvine, behind Hawaii, and tied with Long Beach State? No, that'd be crazy at all. I like that. Um, I think there's a legit NBA prospect on that team. And, uh, and the, you know... And along with them, I really like Long Beach State too. Yeah, I, I, I think, think the two are best teams are both plus three eighty. Yeah. Okay, let's see. Um, that was one I noticed I want to talk about, and I think right before we hopped on, I sent you the field of sixty eight top twenty five mid major teams. I think that UC Santa Barbara number two behind Drake. So like, it's not just us thinking you UC Santa Barbara is a top three mid major team in the country. So that was one that really surprised me. Here's another one I loved. How the hell is Northern Iowa, I mean, this is one we've been talking about too, for the Missouri Valley, they'll plus 550, third best odds to win the Missouri Valley. Obviously, Drake, we already said, is probably a top three mid-major, up there with probably Yale and UC Santa Barbara, maybe Charleston is up there as well, but Drake is plus 220. Bradley is plus 410, and Northern Iowa is plus 550. I am so high on this Northern Iowa team. I think they could get an at-large bid, potentially. Yeah, no, I think you're right about that. I, you know, that's another one that's kind of, kind of funny to me. Um, Nevada, we already talked about. They're plus 1,500 to win the Mountain West. Here's the last conference... Um, conference bet I took. St. Bonaventure is plus 550 to win the A-10. I mean, VCU just lost Sean Bearstow for, I think, six to eight weeks. Grant Bermisile waiver was denied. So outside of Max Shulga, they that VCU team is not that great now. I think St. Bonaventure... Might be, I mean, other than Dayton, I think they're definitely the best team in the A-10, but I think they're by far the second best team there. And you give me plus 550 odds, worse odds than VCU and Duquesne, St. Bonaventure. St. Bonaventure's what, bringing back, they had a down year last year, they're bringing back all five starters and have two impact transfers, one of them being Charles Pride from Bryan, who I love. Yeah, absolutely. So... Those are the conference ones I noticed. There's also odds for teams to make the. Let's look at our final four teams that we just had. Duke and Kansas are both the favorites, and Purdue. All three of them are plus 330. Obviously, we each had two of them. Then you had Creighton is plus 600. This is to make the final four. TCU is plus 1,000. I had Tennessee, who's plus 600. And who was my last team? AM. Texas A&M is also plus 1,000. I love that. Texas A&M plus 1,000 and Tennessee plus 600 to make the Final Four. Obviously, it would take two SEC teams to get in, but 
that's an interesting one as well, I thought. I wonder where Florida's at. Can you see? Yeah, Florida to make the final four. And I'll look at Ohio State, too, since we talked about them as well. Florida, ooh, they're way down. Plus 1,600, and Ohio State is plus 2,000. You want to make some, ooh, Mississippi State plus 2,000. I love that one. Clemson plus 2,500. I love Clemson this year. There's a lot. I mean, odds are if you're betting team to make the final four, you're going to lose the money anyway because it's so tough. Only, obviously, four teams in the country make it. But I think there's some value on the board to definitely be had. Now I'm moving on to the national championship. So you had Duke winning it all. They're tied with Kansas and Purdue as a favorite, so plus 1,100. Tennessee, plus 2,000. You talked about Creighton. Creighton is plus 2,000. Creighton has the fifth best odds to win the national championship. So you having them in the natty isn't all that far-fetched. Um, Marquette, they're tied with Marquette. They're tied with Tennessee. They're tied with Kentucky, and they're tied with Houston. All those teams are plus 2,000. Michigan State's 1,500. UConn, 2,200. Let's see. Texas A&M, I love it, plus 4,000. You're getting 40 to 1 odds for Texas. You win $10 to win 410. I'll take that. TCU, same thing. You had them in your final four. They'll plus 4,000. Um, Florida, plus 5,500. Ohio State, plus 7,500. There it is. I think Providence is plus, plus 10,000. I like Providence a lot this year. Clemson plus 10,000. These teams aren't going to win at all, but if you're like on FanDuel or something and you could cash out at any point as your team's making a run to the Elite Eight, your cash out's going to get bigger and bigger. So I, I would take values like this just for that principle alone. Cash out before they lose. Exactly. Where's Miami at? Miami on national championship odds? Right. They, Villanova's plus 3,500. I saw that one. I like that one, too. Miami is... Am I missing them? Because there's no way they're this low. Miami is plus 4,000. Same right, odds as our Texas A&M and our TCU squads. So, okay. I suppose we'll end with this. As we said, the season starts tomorrow... Let's talk about a few games we're looking forward to. And again, these aren't like, it's not the best slate of games this week, but I think there's a lot of good mid-major matchups. Games like that for this season, um, the first week of the season. So Monday, is there any game on Monday, which is obviously the season opener for the se- for college basketball season? That obviously, there's USC and Kansas State is the big one that's being played in Las Vegas. Maybe that game lost a little bit of shine because Nate Quinn Tomlin is suspended. But is there any game other than that game that you're looking forward to on Monday? Well, I mean, I don't know. That was kind of the game for me. <laughs> I like okay. that game. Uh, Let me beat you with- other three games I find intriguing. Iona and Charleston, two of the better mid-majors. Iona's obviously the best team in the MAAC, and Charleston is one of the best mid-majors overall. Bradley, who again, probably a top 10 mid-major team this year, is against UAB, and Bradley is plus four and a half. 
I I went to the casino last night with my buddy, and I went to the sports book because I couldn't find on FanDuel yet the um Bradley UAB line public on FanDuel. And I've been wanting to bet this game all week before the line shifted. I adore Bradley a plus four and a half against UAB. Obviously, UAB has my guy Eric Gaines, but I think Bradley might flat out be the better team. So it's in UAB, so that gives him three points alone. But I love Bradley, plus four and a half against UAB. There's Iona Charleston. And the low-key, really good game I'm looking forward to is Clemson and Winthrop. I love Winthrop this year. I think they're pretty good. And I'm already talking about my infatuation with Clemson this year. I think Clemson is 14 and a half point favorites. I love Clemson. But I don't think they're 14 and a half points better on a season opener against Winthrop. So do any of those teams real, games really intrigue you? Yeah, you know, I think if you're looking for a good basketball game to watch, um, I think that the UAB Bradley game is going to be a good game. Um, we were good on we were high on Bradley last year, I think, and like you said, I think that's going to be a tough, uh, hard fought game. Kind of like to see where Gaines does this year. Um, interested to see Clemson and what they can do. Like you said, I think that line is a little big uh, in favor of them. Another one that you didn't mention that I'm kind of interested in watching is VCU and McNeese State. I think that's going to be a good basketball game. Is Will Wade suspended for that game? He is, right? Yeah. Even so, that should – I feel like a little bit of Sean is saying in that game with Will Wade's suspension and with um Sean Parcell being out for six to eight weeks. But, yeah, I can see it. Definitely. Especially with this slate of games are all. Tuesday, there's three games I noted. Obviously, the first big game of the whole year, maybe it's USC, Kansas State, but Auburn and Baylor are playing on Tuesday. That's obviously one we're going to look out for. Friend of the pod, AJ Dennis, obviously making his debut for Baylor. What about Michigan and UNC Asheville? I'm so excited to see Drew Pember light up a, um, you know, high major team. That's that's kind of one I had circled too. That's, I want to see Drew Pember and how he does against Michigan. And then the last one I have for Tuesday is Northern Iowa, who I just talked about, who I adore this year. Northern Iowa and North Texas. North Texas obviously has a Ross Hodge at coach now after losing Grant McCaslin to Texas Tech. But, yeah, I'm high on North Texas as well. Yeah, that, that's it. That's my, that's my other one I have circled too is that uh, Northern Iowa, North Texas. I think that's going to be another okay. good game. Then let's move on to Wednesday. Again, there's only two or three games in each of these slates that really intrigue me. Wednesday you have FAU and Loyola Chicago, which is a pretty fun one. And you have Mississippi State, obviously, that Tolu Smith and Arizona State. I think it's to the point where both of us are too low on Arizona State. So, yeah, I think them against Mississippi State without Tolu Smith is a pretty fair matchup. I'm excited to see what that's going to I do too. Be. I wouldn't be surprised if Arizona State wins this game outright. Um, well, apparently they've been, they've been doing pretty well uh, in the preseason. And uh, they got a great coach. And like you said, Mississippi State's limping a little bit. So is that be good state to watch. in Arizona State? Do we know? Is it a neutral court? I don't know. I don't know. Um, it says it, here it's in Chicago. Wintrust Arena, Chicago. Okay, so yeah, it's a neutral court. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I adore Mississippi State. There's a lot of teams I adore this year, if you can't tell. But Mississippi State is on that list. And I would love, you know, I want to see them get in the tournament because I think once Tolu Smith is back, they can make a run. So they need to find a way to win a game like this. They absolutely have to. Um, Thursday, two games. The f- one that people seem to be talking about the most in terms of mid-major matchups, 
St. Mary's in New Mexico. That's Thursday. That's a super fun game with two really good backcourts. Obviously, St. Mary's is Aiden Mahaney. New Mexico has Jamal Mashburn Jr. and Jaden House, son of Eddie House. Um, that's a super fun one. Utah Valley and Sam Houston is low-key a really fun matchup. Given they were in the same conference, now Sam Houston has now moved on to Conference USA, and now that's now a non-con game for both of them. But that's a fun game as well. That's hilarious that me and you both picked that. Yeah. <laughs> that's how you know we're degenerates. We're getting excited about Utah Valley versus Sam Houston. Well, I think there's also um, the state of this first week of college basketball as well in terms of uh, – you know, matchups, that that's the game we have to pick out. But Friday, Friday is the first day that I'm super excited for college basketball this year. I have, let's see, 2, 4, 6, 8, 10, 12, 13 games that I'm excited to watch on Friday, like that we're worthy of putting on the list and we have two or three every other game. So out of these games, which one are you most excited to see? I'm going to rattle a few off at a time. Charlotte and Liberty, Charleston and Duquesne, Arizona and Duke is obviously a big one. Texas A&M and Ohio State. I think out of those four, I'm most excited to see Texas A&M and Ohio State because those are teams that we both like this year. Like, really like. Yeah, that's a fun game to watch. Um, I'm going to have, hopefully have the multi-view up with that in Arizona and Duke. And then we have Davidson, Maryland. I think that's, that's going to be a super fun offensive game. That's going to be a very high-scoring game. Florida and Virginia. I think that's a big game for both teams just because I know it's the only season open. It's only one game against a good team, but both of those teams are probably bubble teams already. So I think that's that game alone, the Florida Virginia game could help really swing later on in March. The committee on one of those two teams, I think. Absolutely. Princeton and Hofstra think is a fun game. This is probably my favorite game of the slate, though. Tennessee and Wisconsin. Tennessee, I just yeah, said. I knew you were say that. <laughs> well, yeah. If I had to ask you, coming onto this pod, who are the five teams I adore the most in college basketball this season? Would you not say Tennessee and Wisconsin were two of them? Of my personal favorites this year. Absolutely. I would say Tennessee, Wisconsin. I would say Texas A&M. I would say Mississippi State. I'd like a lot of SEC teams. Wisconsin, and then. My fifth favorite team this year. I don't know. There's a lot I like, but those. I would give you UConn, probably. But I like UConn. I think there's some teams I might adore more that I might be high on the consensus. But yeah, I think Wisconsin, Tennessee are definitely two of the top three or four. Um, I'm super excited for that game. Yale and Gonzaga. Yale's. I know they're an Ivy League team, but they're probably a top three mid major in the country. And Gonzaga is good, but they're not really. You know. Gonzaga this year. Graham EKs look great this offseason, but I don't know. I could see Yale, ha- I don't know, m- maybe upsetting them. Yeah, maybe. It's a, it's a road game uh, for Yale. And a conference opener, tough. I, not conference opener, but uh, maybe a home. Is that a home opener for Gonzaga, I think? It might be. I don't know. Don't have it in front of me. Um, yeah, man. I don't know. That's. It'll be interesting to see what uh, what they're made of. I guess. The last few games I'm interested in on Friday slate: San Diego State and BYU. I think it's a fun one. Same thing for two teams. That, uh, San Diego State's probably not a bubble team, but for two teams 
that have tournament aspirations, BYU definitely on the bubble. I think that's going to be a very interesting game for both teams. Wright State and Colorado State. Wright State, I think, wins the horizon now that Tanner Holden is back. They have Tanner Holden and um, Trey Calvin. And then Colorado State, obviously Isaiah Stevens is definitely an All-Mountain West. People talk about Isaiah Stevens being an All-American. We didn't even talk about him as honorable mention. But that's going to be a fun game. Colorado State should win, but Wright State isn't a slouch either. Memphis and Missouri is a fun one. And last one I have is Clemson and UAB, which I believe is in your neck of the woods. Is that the one that's in Asheville, I think? Clemson, UAB that I told you to go to? Yep, it is. It's in Asheville. Trade Are you going? Center. I might go. We'll see. It's, it's, just I got, uh, it's I'm between. And Davidson, Maryland, I think, is the second game. Yeah. Well, I'm between that and I'm between uh, South Carolina, Virginia Tech, and then uh, Charlotte, Go Niners, and uh, Liberty at the Spectrum Center. So, um you know, I got two nice little tournaments going, each about an hour from me. So I'm kind of trying to figure out which you know which way I want to go with it. Those are both very fun tournaments to watch. Um, okay, so yeah, college basketball's tomorrow. You guys, I'll talk about. Hey, I'll talk about one more before we go off of here. I'll talk cool. one more game that you didn't mention okay. that I think is going to be fun for Friday night is uh, Kennesaw State at Florida State. Kennesaw State at Florida State. That is. How good is Kansas State going to be? I honestly don't know. <laughs> Obviously, last year I had them upsetting Xavier in my bracket, and they were winning at halftime. They were winning deep into the third and blew a massive lead and loss. But now that Abdul Rahim left, he took Chris Youngblood with him. I just I don't know how excited I could get for this Kansas State team against a power conference. I mean, I see the appeal to it. I just don't. I, I'm going to be interested to see what that spread is. That's probably a double digit spread still. Yeah, you're probably right. I'd say, is it in Florida State or is it in neutral, of course? It's at Florida State. Ooh, that's going to be a 13 or 14-point spread, I'd imagine. If Clemson is a 14-point favorite over Winthrop, I'd have to imagine Florida State's probably about a 14-point favorite over Kennesaw State. Yeah. We'll have to see on Friday. We'll have to reevaluate. Um, we will. Okay, any other thing that interests you, or you think we're good to go? Yeah, I think we're good to go. Okay, so Friday seems to be the first big day for college basketball in terms of, you know, a whole bunch of fun and elite games. I mean, college basketball is always great. There's always going to be a game on ESPN Plus you could watch. But those Fridays really the first day. It's like, okay, you have a bunch of powerhouse Arizona, Duke, Texas A&M, Ohio State, Tennessee, Wisconsin, Yale, Gonzaga. I'm excited. I'm very, very, very excited. It all starts tomorrow. I think the first televised game tomorrow is – Oregon and Georgia, and Oregon's only a four-and-a-half-point favorite. People I know love Georgia this year out of the um, out of the SEC. So, yeah, we'll have to see how that game plays out because if all of a sudden Oregon loses that game, maybe all of a sudden we're too low on Georgia and we're too high on Oregon. I don't know. We'll have to see. Yeah, it could be. That'll be interesting to watch. I think, I think Georgia's probably a year away. Um, but I'd be interested to see what they do against Oregon because Oregon's one that I kind of like uh, as far as like a maybe that fifth team coming out of that conference, and I like Infale Dante. Yeah, that's fair. Um, okay, this concludes this episode of the One and Done Podcast. Rate and review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. We will be on sometime probably midweek to discuss what's transpired the first few days of college basketball, what we're looking forward to 
over the weekend in college basketball. Um, otherwise, yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at the underscore NBA goal. That's N-B-A-G-E-L-L. You can follow John on Twitter at John Simpson 42. We should, we were supposed to have Caleb Muir from the On The Clock uh, podcast network on to defend his Big Z, Evisich, Kentucky pick in our college basketball draft. And John and I actually have our regular college basketball redraft league draft tonight, actually. So, John, maybe next episode we could talk about that draft a little bit. Um, but, yeah, so we should have Caleb on sometime next week. And, yeah, thank you guys for listening. Rate and review Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. And John and I will talk to you guys midweek. Happy college basketball season, everybody. Campbell Walker.